Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms from around the globe. I'm your host, Steve Hirschfeld. Today's a special day. It's Tuesday, which is the day when we meet and dial up members from around the world that share with us some important perspectives on what it's like to do business in their jurisdiction. And today, we'll be learning more about the state of Nebraska, what many people in the United States call the Cornhusker State. I'm pleased to welcome to the show Henry Reedrich, who's an attorney at Klein Williams in Omaha. Henry, how are you? Doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me. So what the heck is a Cornhusker? That's a great question. So if anybody who's ever husked corn before can kind of tell you what that is, but state motto, state mascot, and it's the lovable mascot for our university system in the state. Is corn the biggest cash crop in the state? Corn and soybeans are the two biggest cash crops in the state. That's been growing over the last 30, 40 years, but traditionally corn had been the principal crop. A lot of people around the world know Nebraska for only one reason, and that is the Oracle of Omaha himself, Warren Buffett, the founder and head of Berkshire Hathaway, lives in your state. Beyond that, I think a lot of people don't know much. So do us a favor, spend a minute. Let's assume we've got a Chinese company that's looking to open a plant in Omaha, Nebraska. What do you think they should know about what's unique about your state and your jurisdiction? So Nebraska is a smaller state. We have approximately 2 million residents. It's traditionally been an agricultural state. And those 2 million residents are sprinkled across a pretty large area. There's two major towns or cities. Depending on where you live, you might not call them major cities, but in Nebraska we do. Omaha, the metro area, has about a million people. Lincoln, which is the capital of the state, has about 400,000 people. And is Lincoln where the University of Nebraska is based? That's correct. Okay, that's Um, a large state institution. That's a large state institution. Beyond that, it is a state of smaller towns. The third largest city in Nebraska has about 75,000 residents. And then beyond that, it's much smaller towns. But 90% of all towns have less than 3,000 residents. And so your, your population density is low. It's agriculturally driven. And that's what most people think of when they think of Nebraska as agriculture. But our economy has grown and we have a strong manufacturing sector. And then as is the case with most states, as the resident numbers have grown, we've got strong finance, insurance, healthcare, real estate industries that have grown and behind that. But still, it's traditionally been an agricultural state and that still is the major driver. In terms of its location in the middle of the United States, you guys have a huge railroad transportation system going through Nebraska, right? That's right. So Union Pacific Railroad is headquartered in Omaha and the track runs right across the country. And two of the major hubs are in the state. And Werner Trucking is also headquartered here in Omaha, but transportation is a big piece of it. We're part of the flyover country, but we're kind of proud that we are. If you stop and visit, you realize there's there's plenty to stop and see and do. Now, being in the middle of the country where you are, people, I think even outside the United States, know what a red or blue state is. Which one is Nebraska? And in what way, if any, does that impact the way a business runs and what kind of issues, legal issues you tend to get? It is a red state. Nebraska is a a strange combination politically. It had a lot of populist roots early on in the 20th century, but it is a red state. Generally, you'll find it to be more pro-employer. There'll be less rules here in the state than you might encounter in a blue state. They're not out necessarily looking for legislation to pass. They'll address issues as they think they need to. But you're going to have a business climate that's generally, will leave you alone, do your business with less regulations than some other states. What's the cost of living like? How would you compare Nebraska with, say, other states in the country? 
cost of living, although it's grown the last couple of years where maybe we're closer to where it should be, but say, for example, in Colorado, housing is probably 30% higher, 30 to 40% higher than the state of Nebraska. And compared to California, the same house that you'd buy in California for a million dollars costs $300,000 in Nebraska. Wow. Amazing. Well, that's interesting. If I'm looking to relocate, that's a pretty interesting place to set up a business. What's the workforce like? How skilled is it? What types of workers do we tend to see in your state? We do have a strong university system in the state, both the University of Nebraska and Lincoln, and then they have other campuses in Omaha and Kearney. And then we have Creighton University here in Omaha. And then we, we kind of pull two from around the region up in South Dakota and parts of Iowa, where if people have degrees, they end up in Omaha or in Lincoln. And so we have a rather educated workforce. And that's why some of these sectors have grown as far as finance and insurance. You can find that educated workforce. And then there still is a large portion of the population who they do manufacturing and agricultural type work. But then you, you complement that with folks who have decided to get a college education. Folks outside the United States are always blown away that with things like non-competes, every single state is different. What's the law in Nebraska right now? Are non-competes and non-solicit agreements even enforceable? And if so, are there any restrictions on them? What's the law like on that right now? This is the one spot in Nebraska that sometimes surprises folks because it's more employer-friendly. But on the non-compete side, generally for a rank-and-file employee, a non-compete clause in a contract where it says, hey, you can't compete with us in X number of miles radius from our location will not be enforced in Nebraska. A non-solicit will be if it's tailored to the language in Nebraska's customers they did business with and had personal contact with in Nebraska. If you go beyond that, the courts will say that's not enforceable and they won't blue pencil or modify the restriction to make it enforceable. You just kind of, you get too aggressive in Nebraska, you're out of luck on that. How active are plaintiff's lawyers in suing for things like lawful termination, discrimination in your state as compared with other states in the country? We do not have a particularly active plaintiff's bar in the state of Nebraska, particularly in employment matters. There's a few and the cases pop up, but I would anticipate you'd see a far less frequency of claims made on the plaintiff's side than you do in other states. And then finally, unions, big deal, small deal, right to work state. What are your rules? What's the trend there like in terms of unionization? Public unions are a big driving factor, both politically and economically in the state. Private unions have waned. And so we see the public union issues popping up all the time, but we do not see a commensurate number of private unions. I don't know the figures here for sure, but I would anticipate the private unionization numbers are below 15% of employees. And are you guys a right to work state? We are a right to work state. Okay. So it does obviously hurt unions' ability to organize there. And you don't see that much in terms of unionization there for new companies in the state? We have not seen, especially recently, usually they're established unions that have been there a long time. There are not a, a lot of union drives going on for newly unionized employers. Great. Great. Well, listen, this has been really fun. It's great to get to know you a little bit, Henry. And if folks want to get in touch with you, the easiest thing to do is to find Henry's bio by clicking on his name in the description of this particular podcast. But you can also find him and his colleagues from around the world at ELA.law, where you can find a lawyer in all 50 states and over 100 countries. You'll also be invited to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, and maybe the most important thing, give you access to our free online compliance platform called the Global Employer Handbook, which provides you with practical information on hiring and firing in every place else. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Steve Hirschfeld. Thanks for listening.